Well, hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to this edition of Connected by Community, brought to you by Ballantine Capital Advisors. I'll be one of your hosts today, Cameron. Uh, with me is Anthony Colincheco, and we're uh, super excited to have Phil and Laura from Class Solutions. So thanks for joining us. Thank you. So uh, I guess before we get started uh, with kind of your business, tell us about you guys a little bit personally. Go ahead, Laura. Um, I'm his daughter, and I'm from Michigan. I went to high school in Michigan, college in Minnesota, and then I moved to South Carolina to teach for two years, and I've been here ever since. Awesome. So. And you taught at Abiding Peace, and they were a guest for our podcast. So, Yep. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> Small world. Yep. Small world. What about you? So I'm a Michigander, period. There so, um, But I uh, went to the same high school uh, and went to the same college. So I was a teacher also uh, for four years uh, and then moved. We were in Arizona when we had our first daughter. Uh, Arizona, Michigan, tough travel. So <laughs> if we moved back to Michigan and, and uh, couldn't find a teaching job, so I got into dental. And I've uh, been here ever since. So just went through uh, with a dental supply company, then and got into a transition company, and then decided it was uh, just the things that I saw. There was so much need in the business side of of dental uh, that I decided to create Class Solutions. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about about Class and what you guys do. What's your forte? Yeah. So, like I said, trying to uh, make sure dentists know how to drill teeth. They know how to take care of implants, stuff like that. But the business side, they get no education on when they're in college. And so through the uh, 25 years uh, that I've been doing it, just seeing uh, all the different aspects that they need help with, um, it was for me uh, important, once again, as an educator, to just really educate these guys and help them to be able to get uh, good information um, and how to search that information. So uh, one of the big things, coaching, we do, uh, and then also transitions in real estate. And then from that, as things uh, moved through the, with the company, uh, there was a couple other niches uh, that we just realized that they still needed help with. So at marketing and now our accounting division. So, um, so it's just basically there to make sure that we can be a resource to them to help them through their career. I always tell uh, all my uh, team players that uh, – our goal is to help them from the day they graduate to the day they retire. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually had an aha moment. The other day I was driving down the road. My wife works in marketing. And I was like, I was thinking, because obviously we have to do marketing for the business we're in. And I was like, wow, I was like, it'd be so nice to be a doctor or a dentist. You know, like people just come to him randomly. And I had this aha moment of like, wow, like they actually do have to market and like get clients and stuff like that. And it was just this aha moment of like, you know, everything you do, whether you're a dentist or a doctor or whatever, you got to have you know, a business plan to, to actually get clients. And then like you said, on the business side, you know, you, you went to school to learn how to work on teeth, but now you got to, ha- you got to run a business. You got to do the marketing uh, and, you know, eventually hopefully sell the practice. So I guess that's where you guys come in. Yeah. So I think the big thing is, is, you know, you're a dentist, but you also have to be an entrepreneur and you have to be a leader. And I think that's one of the things that uh, studies show right now too, is leadership is something that really uh, is the the thing that they're grasping for and they're looking for. Um, in that. So you're absolutely right. And I think back in the day when I first started with dental, you know, 25 years ago, I think that's the same thing as uh, the phrase that always was used was just hang a shingle and they'll come. And that was probably pretty much true, but a lot's changed in 25 years. And in the last 10 years, um, if you look in the dental community, just with equipment, supplies and stuff, there was a massive uh, time frame where 
technology was just flipping things really, really quick. Um, and so now we're there. Um, the amount of marketing, the social media, all the different avenues, you know, people are looking for impressions, you know, uh, the five star reviews and stuff. That's a big thing for the younger crowd. You know, 25 years ago, there was no such thing. It was word of mouth. Right. And it was the goodwill of, of the of the doctor. And so I think that is a big a big deal is doctors need to realize now that they have to actually be much more of a business person and not just a dentist. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> excuse me, are, are, are you helping folks right out of college that say, Hey, I, you know what? I'm a dentist. I'm graduating. I want to start my own business. What's next? What's next? Yeah. So we actually try to get into the dental, uh, you know, universities as quick as possible so we can talk to the D3 and D4 students so that they understand what the roadmap is going to be. So we'll do associate placement because when it comes to the financing for banks and stuff like that, they need to be in uh, a practice as an associate to show, get their speed up, make sure that they're capable of, of handling their own practice. But I would say right now, one of the biggest things um, that we are running across is startups, you know, because what's happening is, is the younger crowd is looking at the older dentists and a lot of these dentists, uh, the older dentists, they have, you know, stuck around. They went through the recession and now, now COVID. And when we had, when COVID hit, uh, we had dentists all over the country say, you know, I'm just shutting my doors, you know? Um, but they've let their, through all these different things, they've held on too long. Um, and so when we get, doctors that want to retire, typically I would say their average age for us is over 70. So when you you have them sticking that long and you can only imagine it's just human Mm -hmm. nature, right? When you hit 70, you're, you're just not going to work as hard as you were working when you're 45, 50, Mm -hmm. right? So the practice declines and now it becomes a practice sometimes that's unsellable. Um, So that's a difficult thing. And so when a new guy comes out and they look at a practice that's been declining over the last three, five, you know, 10 years, they look at it. And with the savvy that the new ones have with marketing and stuff, they look at the demographics that we give them and they say, why not just start our own? And so Mm -hmm. startups have become just a a gigantic thing for us uh, in our coaching and, and with our transitions. So we have a specific startup program for that. Wow. Never thought about that at all. I, did, I also didn't realize dentists were working at 70 years old. That's insane. Yeah. That is insane. So you mentioned COVID and that was going to be one of my questions. H- how has that changed the whole, you know, practice for dentists? Uh, how- so it's, it's a little bit different because it depends on the part of the country that you're in, <laughs> right? So um, in where class is originated and in, in Michigan and in the Midwest, um, there were before COVID, there were banks uh, that were willing to go up to 100% financing, zero down, 100%. I mean, I mean, zero money brought to the table, 100% financing and stuff. So the values of practices were getting overinflated. Um, COVID changed that because now the banks panicked and said, "Wait a minute, um, are they going to make it? Are we going to make it through this? And our our loans going to go bad?" So now everything kind of got back to the way it was um, before. So you're getting back to a, you know, I would say anywhere between a 60 and 80, 85% value. But now if you come to the Carolinas, uh, where we're at, now you have 
um, DSOs big time moving in. So DSOs in the Midwest have pushed through. They've done their 10 years. They've kind of saturated that business. But North Carolina, uh, just two years ago, uh, opened up the state for DSOs to come in. South Carolina has always had the ability to have DSOs. Um, but now that this is the new area, so now these guys are getting, dentists are going to hear, you know, three times your value, four times your value. Um, and so they, they hear that and they, and they go, well, then I'm selling to a DSO. The problem is with the DSO is you're going, no one's going to give you three times the value of your practice without making you work for it. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. For our audience that might not know, can you explain what a DSO is? Yeah, dental service organization. So I'm sorry. So that would be for someone that would know um, to know exactly what a DSO, The one of the second largest one is uh, Aspen Dental. Gotcha. So Heartland is the largest one. They kind of hide their name. Uh, they don't come right out, but Aspen is the one that kind of people would know of people know of. Yeah. So, yeah. So those, they're just big groups um, and they try to suck up uh, as many dentists as possible. They're always looking for dental practices that do at least a million dollars. And then what they do is they just come in and they try to bring in as much uh, profit out of that pull, as much profit out of that practice as, as possible. Some DSOs like Aspen, um, different ones, they'll stick around and other ones go in, suck out the blood and take off when it's go- when it's dried up. Wow. And that's it. I guess, can you give us a, an example of uh, somebody that you might have worked with um, that owned a practice that was maybe, you know, considering retirement or considering selling that, that you guys kind of came in and added some value there and, and kind of helped them walk through that process? Yeah. So I, I'll give them probably... Um, two instances that I would say our, our latest one right now is in Wisconsin, um, where the doctor wanted to sell the practice. And this is something like this is a misconception a lot of times, right? So the doctors, once again, not having paying attention to the business wants to sell the practice, but wants to stay on for three more years. So he wants to bring in somebody that will buy him out. And then he stays on as an associate problem is, is the practice doesn't cash flow enough to do have two doctors. But the doctor also doesn't have enough uh, patience to be able to handle the schedule for two doctors. So what do you have to do? I mean, really what you have to do is step aside and now build that practice to get what you want. Or you have to decide on whether or not you're going to you know, walk away and understand that you're not going to work three more years. So that's where for me, the big thing is, is you know, we look at three aspects of the dental practice. There's the emotional side. There's the practice itself. In this situation, the practice is not able to sustain it. And then the financial piece. And that's where we rely on you guys. Can they financially handle walking away if he can't, you know, work? Um, Or does he have to work? If you were to tell me he has to work, then we need to create and go through, check out and do an assessment we check out all of the different KPIs and find out what is it that we can flick the switch on as quick as possible. So in this situation, this guy needs 12 months. We need 12 months. We went in and did our assessment. He's got $800,000 worth of potential. So for us, we need to get him half of that in 12 months to be able to let him sell his practice now and stay on for three years. Gotcha. So that's one example. And I would say the other example was probably seven years ago, 
uh, we had a, a gentleman that wanted to sell his practice. And what ended up happening is, is I asked him going through our three, uh, you know, pillars, I guess, if you want to call it the financial piece, do you have an investment guy or do you have a financial planner? I'm not a, fi- I'm not a investment guy. I don't, I don't really believe in them, honestly, because investment guy gets them to the number and that's it. But they don't teach them all the other avenues. And so to me, I always say there's funnels, there's buckets in which financial planners tell you when to turn this bucket on, when to turn that bucket on uh, to get you to your, you know, your holy place, if you want to call it. Um, so he didn't listen to us. We had brought a buyer. Uh, we were sitting down to sign contracts and he came to us and he said, uh, listen, we got a problem. And I'm so, okay, what's the problem? We can fix this. We're closing, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like we're, we're here. We're here. Right. (laughs) And he he goes, yeah, I, I listened to you and I did talk to a financial planner and the financial planner says that I can't retire for another three years. So he looks at the buyer and says, so do you mind just being an associate for three more years? And then I'll sell you the practice. I mean, you can guess all yeah. of our mouths dropped at, at the closing, at table, closing, yeah. you know. And so once again, for me, uh, transitions, that's a big deal, right? To make sure that every, everything is set. And so if you don't have that financial piece in place and you're not doing it right, then it doesn't, we didn't need to raise any value of his practice. It was there. The problem is, is, he didn't do anything. He didn't plan on his. He didn't end. plan for his whole life. Um, so that's one of those things where we want to make sure that that is set for a smooth transition. Um, you know, because otherwise the horror stories just begin. So I, I always say we're not brokers. There's dental brokers, and then there's dental consultants. We're dental consultants when it comes to a transition because a broker would just sign the papers. Yeah. He'd be like, all right, so, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Good luck and have, have fun. We found you a buyer. So, um, and that's not us. We want to make sure that we take them through A to Z through the whole transition and make sure that they're getting uh, introduced to the right people like yourselves. So yeah, as financial planners, we see this a lot in, in a lot of small business owners, their life is their business, right? And they're just dumping all their funds and they never sit back and think about, Hey, I need to start building wealth outside of my business in case this, this actually doesn't work out. So as planners and us is helping folks realize that and helping guide them through those processes. And I think the big thing is too, is, you know, some of these guys, especially the older generation, the baby boomers and, and stuff, like I said, they, they plan on their practice to be part of that retirement. Mm-hmm. I always tell them, so the young ones out there, the best thing I can say is, is, get a financial planner immediately and never plan on your practice as part of the sale. That should just be gravy. You know, that might be a couple extra trips to Europe uh, during your lifetime, for your you know, for your grandkids, yeah. whatever. Right. Uh, actually use that money to create your legacy, but don't allow that practice to be something that you think is going to be part of your retirement plan. You could have a COVID hit. Because, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, COVID hit. And then same thing is, is if, if you have another recession, inflation's going up right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So now we got a bunch of doctors right now that tell us where I can't sell right now with this inflation. Uh, I I'm just going to stick around, but then you also get the guys that hear the DSOs or something come into the territory and say, we'll give you three times. So now they just automatically 
click off. I don't have to worry about retirement because I'm going to get three times value. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what? If you don't retire for 10 more years, they're going to wash out yeah. in, in this area and DSOs are going to go away and you're going to go right back to where we always say you're, you're going to be is about 80% value of your practice. If it's a well-run practice. So so, it's one of the things your mom always told you growing up. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Yes, it <laughs> absolutely is. So how many team members do you have? Um, 20, boy, 24, I think, right around in that, in that area. So coaches, between coaches, transition people, and, and uh, real estate agents and brokers, yeah. Starting a business, have you ever imagined being with 24 employees and no, uh, this was supposed to be uh, something that I thought was uh, always going to be just a small little, maybe if I got 10 employees, I was going to be happy uh, to, to work for me and stuff. But, you know, it's the need is has just grown. And to me, that's my passion is just to make sure that these guys are getting uh, good value and they're getting educated properly. So, uh, but a lot of changes, right? So that's, that's the other thing because with COVID brought on, uh, we were very big into speaking. We're a PACE provider, which means we give continued education credits. Uh, okay. And that's a big deal for me to be able to give them that knowledge. Um, but, you know, with COVID, we did all kinds of seminars all the time. And now, you know, things have switched and people are doing, wanting to do online webinars and, webinars <laughs> and different things like that. So, you know, we, you just got to, you got to roll with the punches. And, and so, we're going to be having a new platform in 2023, a whole new platform for uh, online education and stuff too, just to make sure that we're hit. And once again, like I said, we want to make sure we take care of those who just graduated to the and to the ones that retired, the ones that are graduating. That's what they're looking for is is more online stuff. So we're going to produce it for them. Awesome. So, Laura, I'm going to jump in here. What what where are you? Uh, are you part of the transition team and? Yeah, so I'm part of Transitions, but I also um, am in the process of getting my real estate license. So I've completed all the the classes. I'm just waiting for the the LLR to accept me to take the PSI. So awesome. So how's it working with your dad? <laughs> <laughs> Tell the um, truth. <laughs> honestly, it's it's very good. He has so much knowledge, and so there's no better person to learn from. So. That's awesome. I feel very honored. Yeah. So on the real estate side, so you guys work with agents and, and brokers to kind of help because obviously there's a, you know, either they got to, you know, restructure the lease or if they own the building, there's got to be something along those lines with the practice itself. So I guess, how is that working with working with them? Yeah. So co-brokering we do um, in the real estate. That's just the, the real estate world is like that. So that's not a problem. Um, we're one of the very few, if not, maybe the only one. I mean, we try to um, co-broker with the transition uh, companies and, and different brokers out there in the transition world. It's just a big faux pas. No one wants to, no one will do it. No one will, you know, split that commission. Real estate's a whole different story. So for us, the reason why I brought real estate on was just once again, a case in point of, uh, for us, it's very important to have a team of professionals around us that understand dental. And so for us, bringing in people that understand the dental community and work with it. And so not every commercial real estate agent understands the healthcare real estate. So the value of a health of healthcare real estate is more uh, than just a dollar store building. 
because of the value that's put into that with the, the build out and stuff like that. So it's just important for us to to make sure that we're working with those people and having uh, people understand the whole process in the dental community and medical and vet too, right? It's it's not just and when it comes to the coaching, we're we're dental specific, but when it comes to the transition stuff like that, that's just the healthcare industry in general. Yeah. Um, so on the vet practices too, I mean, I, I guess there's a strong similarity there. That's why you were able to kind of take your knowledge from dental and kind of apply it to the vets as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very similar. It's just instead of people, dogs and cats. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like yeah <laughs> same, same concept. Yeah. Really, really close yeah. That's uh, awesome. in nature. So, yeah. Uh, have you ever tried to get, go to universities and just say, Hey, you need to incorporate some business classes for some of these dentists. I, I know they have a, a large workload, uh, but allowing them to maybe educate themselves. So what ends up happening is, is where we try to get into the dental schools um, and it depends on if the deans are willing to let us, but the the schools will say that we don't have time to do that, you know, because of how much they got to mm-hmm. get them prepared for it. So what ends up happening with a lot of the dental schools, it's up to uh, the D3s and D4 leaders. There's always someone that's in charge of, of, of that class and, and group and stuff. So it's for us, what they'll usually do is have a monthly meeting where they'll bring in somebody. And so for us, it's just trying to to get yeah, that. Sure. But a lot of times the problem that we run into is, is you know, the deans won't um, give us the names or, or put us in the right. So it's trying to find yeah. that and, and, and doing that. We're going to be talking to uh, one of the universities here. Uh, we've set up some times to get in there and talk to them. So we're going to bring in our CPA and different things like that, make sure that they understand how to just, when they leave, how to create uh, their LLCs, different things like that, just the simple things to start. And then hopefully we can talk to them more and more, um, get them to understand uh, the whole aspect. Once again, financial planners, can, when you graduate, call one immediately and find one that's understands dental once again. Yep. So awesome. That's awesome. Where do you guys see, I mean, you guys have expanded so much. Where do you see class going in maybe the next 10 years? Um. You know, I, I I guess probably I would say in the next 10 years, I would like to see us fill in a little bit more uh, in having people in the individual states. Um, once again, very big into, you know, community. We've come from strong families, though, so family atmosphere. Our our whole uh, outlook is is family. So class is my family. So I have three daughters and a wife. So Caitlin, Laura, Aubrey and Shelly is is the acronym for Did class. Did not know that. Yeah, so family oriented so to me community being in the community making sure that there's there's people that are local. So right now I would say um we're nationwide in most of our services real estate is a uh, a very touchy one because of all the licensing and stuff like that. So I would say if anything in the next 10 years to try to get as close to uh being in all 48 states with someone on the boots on the ground would, it would be a good goal. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a big goal. Well, I'll let Anthony ask our signature question. Yeah. So I'll start with Laura. What, what makes you tick? So what makes you motivated? Um, honestly, I think looking at other people around me and my parents have always instilled hard work in me, um, whether it was sports or, um, schoolwork. So I think, um, I just have that instilled in me to, 
to do better each day. So awesome. Same thing for me, huh? <laughs> um, you know, I would say to me, it's, it's just the fact that I love the education part. I love teaching. I love getting up and doing what I do. Um, so it's, I, I don't feel like I need to be motivated. I just, I, what makes me tick is to get up and see what else I can do that this day to make this like this podcast, very excited to be here. And thank you for letting us be on it because, um, I mean, it gives us a chance for us to hopefully, you know, get people to start thinking and, and to motivate themselves, uh, because there's nothing better for me is to see someone else succeed. You know, I'm happy. I have a great life. Uh, I have great family, great kids and stuff. So to me, if I can make someone else sit there and, you know, be able to say thank you uh, for the help, that means the world to me. So that's awesome. what makes me tick. Thank you guys both so much for coming. What's the best way for, you know, if there's dentists or, or veterinarians or people out there to to get in contact with you guys to learn more about your services and, and potentially reach out? Yeah, two, probably, the, you know, you can go to our website, of course, which is uh, classsolutions.com. Uh, class is K-L-A-S, just to, to some people want to put a double S on there. Uh, ClassSolutions.com, but our 800 number is 844-552-7100. And then you could always just info at Class Solutions too. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much and really appreciate all you guys are doing in the community as well. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks awesome. for having us. Well, thank you guys again for tuning into this edition of Connected by Community brought to you by Ballantine Capital Advisors. Until we see you again, go out and make our community great. All information during this podcast is for discussion purposes only, should not be construed as advice. Please seek the advice of appropriate professionals before acting on anything in this podcast. Past performance is not an indicator of future results. Securities through Tried Advisors, LLC, member FINRA. Advisor services through Ballantine Capital Advisors, Inc., Tried Advisors, and Ballantine Capital Advisors are not affiliated.